Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hailing frequencies open, you've tapped into Trek FM's Hyper Channel. I'm Chris, publisher of Trek FM, and this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek news. Now, I already had an episode prepared for you today, which I've already released. But in light of the Star Trek Beyond trailer, it seems that an extra episode is in order. So, if you're listening to this one as the most recent episode in your feed, be sure to go back one and listen to today's other hyper channel, which is about the next generation. So, on to the thing that's causing all the moans. I mean the buzz. No, I mean the moans. Is that music? It's a good choice. Hey, well played. Now, as soon as this came out, I had people asking me for my thoughts. Naturally, they listen to my podcast, and so what does Chris think about the trailer? I held off initially because I wanted to watch the trailer and let it soak in, and it dropped, at least the English one anyway, I guess it was really late at night here in Tokyo, so I didn't get to watch it immediately. And then I've watched it a bit over the last couple of days. I'm not really one for knee-jerk reaction, and so I didn't want to be that person who watches 90 seconds of this and starts spewing things about it, which is what I'm seeing online. You know, unfortunately, that's what we've been seeing everywhere. I generally don't read comment threads, especially not on YouTube, but I did so in this case, but not just on YouTube, but on StarTrek.com, because they posted the trailer there. I think that's where most of us initially watched it. And then you can jump over to YouTube where it actually lives. And just the level of complaining and the number of assumptions based on 90 seconds, actually less in terms of actual footage, is just insane, though it's not surprising. We recently had the announcement of a new TV series coming in January 2017, and Star Trek fans started whining and complaining immediately about aspects of that, even though we knew nothing, and we still really don't know anything about what that series is going to be about. You know, I guess it's just, it's pent-up desire. I mean, I'm going to try to keep a positive spin on it here. It's pent-up desire for new Star Trek. And once we find out that there is new Star Trek, whether it's this film or whether it's the new series coming out, then we want it to be exactly what we want it to be. And if what we see and what we hear isn't exactly what we personally want Star Trek to be, then we get really upset and we get really worked up. And in social media these days, it's so easy to just say anything that you want without really thinking about it. And because there's no one right in front of you, no one's going to contest what you say immediately. And so you feel you have that freedom to just say whatever, maybe less so than you would if you were having an actual discussion, like if you were on a podcast and you were talking to other Star Trek fans about it. You can have more dialogue and really uh, start to break things down and see how you really feel about it. Anyway, I just, I don't know, I don't like to see all the complaining, whether you like the Abrams verse or not. And by the way, lest anyone think I'm trying to champion the trailer here or the Abrams verse, 
I'm not really a fan of the Abrams verse, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. Anyone who listens to my shows knows that. Anyone who talks Star Trek with me regularly knows that. I think they're okay for what they are, but for me, they're not really Star Trek. They don't really represent what made me fall in love with Star Trek. But I also try to be balanced in my approach to things about Star Trek and other things. And so let's talk seriously here about this trailer. All right. So everyone, take a deep breath. There are a few things that we need to remember, starting with this trailer isn't aimed at you. I think this is the most important one here, and it's the one that I really think people are missing when I just read everything that's being said right now. This trailer was cut to run before Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's not for us. It's not for the diehard Star Trek fans. It's directed at a general audience. I think this is one reason it's relentless action. They're promoting a summer movie to people who aren't necessarily looking for Star Trek. And also, they're playing up the Justin Lin Fast and Furious connection for that non-Trek audience. So this trailer is not made for you. If you love Star Trek and you're looking for the things that we've enjoyed for 50 years, this trailer is not directed at you. So just keep that in mind. I think that's really important. Yes, the J.J. films have been too heavy on action for Star Trek. Certainly for my taste, the last two films have way too many action sequences. And at times, they're almost indistinguishable from other summertime action movies. But we have to remember that they are films being made with the mandate to reach a broader audience. And remember that Orsi got canned reportedly because the studio said his script, which was written together with Payne and McKay for what became Beyond, it didn't have a title at the time, was too Star Trek-y. It's really important to keep in mind what the studio is going for, at least in how they present the movie to the public. Of course, this movie isn't constant action. Trailers are designed to serve a specific purpose, and generally they're not indicative of an entire film, despite many of the comments being posted in response to this one. Obviously, no film could be this action-packed, not a, not a science fiction Star Trek film, is not going to be this action-packed all the way through. Otherwise, what kind of story are you going to tell? So I'm sure this story has plenty of moments that aren't like what we're seeing right here. In fact, and well, let's just get to this right now, actually. The second thing here to remember is There probably isn't a lot of material for them to choose from at this point. It's mid-December, and I'm sure they cut this at least a week ago, if not more, so like early December. The film doesn't drop until July 22nd of next year. So they're still working on post. There's so much stuff to do. And I think the fact that if you watch carefully, you'll notice that there are only a few scenes in this trailer. They're taking scenes and they're splicing them up and they're scattering the pieces around, especially the scenes with the Enterprise and the ships flying in, the attack. That's like one scene that they've put at the beginning and a bit more maybe in the middle and then there's some at the end. That really suggests to me that they haven't gotten much done yet and they're just taking what they have. This is how I felt about the first Force Awakens trailer as well. 
where they would show a little bit of footage and then it would go black. And they would show a little bit of footage and it would go black. And some people interpreted that as being artistic. I think it was just a way of making a trailer when they didn't have enough footage to make a trailer. They were able to pad half the time with just black. And it's clever, creatively. I mean, I think it worked okay. But I could tell that they wanted to get a trailer out a year before that film dropped, but they really didn't have enough done yet for a trailer. And I think that's the case here, too. They just don't have as much material yet to put together a trailer that tells you more about the story. All right, third thing, the music. I've heard a lot of complaining about this. And I'll admit that it is kind of odd for a Star Trek trailer, yeah. But again, let's remember that the trailer is for a general audience, not Trekkers. I've seen some people cutting the trailer themselves now with substitute music from past Prime Universe Star Trek films. And they've said that the music makes all the difference. And yeah, I mean, sure, you know, we've seen that with Enterprise where people have substituted other music for Where My Heart Will Take Me. And for many people, yeah, it makes a huge difference. In this case, you know, this music is designed to get the attention of a general audience, get people pumped up for just a fun summer action movie, because obviously for the studio, this is about making money. They want to get as many people into the theater as they can, of course. And also, the track is Sabotage, the same Beastie Boys track that Kirk was playing in the car in Star Trek 2009. So it's a callback within this timeline's own material, which creatively kind of makes sense, right? So I don't have a problem with the music. It's a trailer. Okay, so those are some basic points that I think we have to keep in mind before we try to break down what we actually see in the trailer. So, on to the question that I've been asked over and over over the past few days. What do I think about the trailer? Well, not much, at least not on a first viewing or two. I totally get why many Star Trek fans aren't thrilled with it. But I also don't think you can tell much about the story from this Despite being told that I am wrong about that on Twitter by someone who told me that he knows better than I do because he studied film. Okay, whatever. What I wanted to say is that 140 characters isn't really enough space to explain what I mean. And what I'm saying is that there's not enough in the trailer to make the kinds of proclamations that are being spewed everywhere the past two days because I'm... I'm seeing people pass judgment on this movie based on what we see in this 90-second trailer, which I think is ridiculous. So, can you tell anything about the story from this trailer? Yes. You can gather quite a few interesting bits and pieces upon repeat viewings, and particularly if you do what I did, which is to create 2,705 still images from the trailer so that you can really examine every detail... Um, hold on a second, I, something's coming in here. Oh, William Shatner just tweeted to me to get a life. <laughs> but if you do that, you can really dig in and you can you can tell quite a bit about what might be going on here. And of course, it's just speculation. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. It just goes by so frantically that you don't have time to really see it. So when I said on Twitter that you can't really tell much about the story from this, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you can't tell anything, 
But you have to make the effort to watch the trailer over and over and really pay attention to what's going on and then start thinking about what the story might be. You know, it's not one of those trailers that's giving you any clear vision of what the story is about. So, what have I found and what am I speculating on? First of all, trailers like this are always trying to mislead you. We have to remember that. Remember how we all thought the Enterprise was crashing into San Francisco in the Into Darkness trailers? Well, that turned out to be the Vengeance. So, is this Enterprise being destroyed in the Beyond trailer? Maybe and maybe not. The saucer that is disintegrating does indeed say NCC-1701 on it. That's something I wanted to check for sure, because I wanted to see if maybe it was a different ship. But no, it is the Enterprise. Later we see Kirk and Sophia Butella's quasi-Nibiru character beaming aboard a ship, and we see Spock wearing a jacket with a USS Franklin patch, which reminds me of this. Franklin Coming over to play Growing a little Every day All right, I had to get my toddler cred in there and you parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Clearly there's way more going on than these 90 seconds would suggest. I think the Enterprise is in fact destroyed. And the ship they beam to is the Franklin. But that's just based on what we see here. And the story could be different. I, I want to say at this point, I think maybe yeah, the Enterprise is destroyed. And if we get a fourth film, there will be a new Enterprise. That's where I'm, I'm headed personally at the moment. Um, cer- certainly something happens to the Enterprise here. So uh, I'm not suggesting that, that uh, the Enterprise doesn't get wiped out here, especially since Kirk says we have no ship. And then there's the Franklin, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment as I get a little further down here. So what what I can say is that this doesn't look like a rehash of a past Star Trek film to me, despite accusations that they're ripping off the search for Spock by destroying the Enterprise. That's one I've seen more than once online over the past couple of days. And I mean, The thought crossed my mind a little bit as well. Okay, third movie, we're going to destroy the ship. But, you know, the situations are really, really different here. For one thing, the Enterprise in the original timeline, the prime timeline movies, the Enterprise was a character as much as anyone else on that show. And I don't feel that way at all about the Abramsverse films. It's just a ship. So when Kirk destroyed the Enterprise, you know, he was letting the love of his life die in order to save the rest of his crew. Very different situation. So, going on, if you step slowly through each frame, you can see that all of these things flying towards the Enterprise are some sort of small ships. And it's an actual ship that crashes through the hull just before we see Uhura and Scotty looking troubled. And that's something that I really had to take my screen stills and just step through them and really look at them to determine that those were ships and not missiles or, you know, some other kind of weapon that was being fired, because they're going so fast, you can't really tell what they are. It's kind of cool looking, actually. But they're ships. So 
they're really coming at the enterprise in an incredible, overwhelming swarm. And another thing I find interesting is that on the full cast details on IMDb, there are two actors who are listed as uncredited actors, and they're listed as Swarm Soldiers. That's the actual name they've been given, Swarm Soldiers. So I wonder, is the Swarm the name of the enemy, or is it just a way of describing the characters on the call sheet? Certainly, the ships are swarming the Enterprise. The clips are out of order in the trailer, which I mentioned earlier. They're taking scenes and they're, you know, splicing them up and they're just kind of scattering them. And early on, we see the Enterprise saucer falling towards the planet. But at the very end, we see the ship still intact. And then at the end, we get a repeat of the same sequence from early on when the swarm ship crashes through into the corridor. And in the final scene, it appears that what happens is that the swarm just severs the saucer from the secondary hull by just flying hundreds of ships through the neck piece from both sides. And I've always said that this was a bad design from a defensive standpoint, and I think this proves it, right? I will say it's cool, though. I mean, the, the, the visual is really cool of all these ships just swarming in at high speed from both sides. So those are the scenes with the Enterprise. We, we see the Enterprise being destroyed early on, and then the scenes that we see at the end, obviously in the film, come before what we saw at the beginning of the trailer. So things are just all out of order here, which is often the case in a trailer like this. The scenes at the beginning, with Scotty walking around and checking out the ship, Sulu is strapped into a seat, and Uhura is manning a station, and then we see Spock wearing the USS Franklin jacket. With Chekhov standing behind him. Those scenes are most certainly set aboard the crashed Franklin and come later in the film. And I assume that because the Enterprise is destroyed and Kirk says we have no ship, I assume that they have to get the Franklin up and running so that they can escape the planet. They've got to get off somehow, and there's no Klingon bird of prey up there in orbit for them to commandeer and fly back to Earth in. And if there were, I wonder if they would name it the Bounty. So anyway, one question about the Franklin is whether this ship is already there and the Enterprise went to investigate the lost ship, or if it is arriving with the Enterprise, or is under attack and they are responding to a distress call. What's really interesting with the screen stills that I created, because I can just freeze it and really examine what's going on in the scene, is that... There is, we see the Enterprise coming towards us at the beginning, and then we see the swarm begin their attack. And then there's this moment where we zoom in really close to the Enterprise, and we, sh- we see the ships zooming by. And if you look off in the distance, you can see what looks like another large ship under attack. And I'm wondering if this could be the Franklin. You have to really look at it closely, but it looks like a Federation ship. It looks sort of like a Miranda-class design, like the Reliant, with the nacelles underneath. And so I'm just wondering if the Enterprise and the Franklin are both there at the same time, and they're both coming under attack, and the Enterprise really gets completely destroyed and is unsalvageable, and the Franklin crashes and is still in a condition where maybe they could get it off the planet. And, and actually leave in it. 
So that remains to be seen, and perhaps future trailers will give us more of an indication about what's going on there. A few more things here. Let's see. Uh, Kirk's escape from the ship gives us an interesting view. This is another thing that goes by so quickly in the trailer at actual speed that you can't see much. But if you step through frame by frame, you can see that Kirk is sitting in this small pod, and it's the one that we see him land on the planet, and he is looking through a clear window onto the bridge of the Enterprise that's on red alert. And then he passes up above the bridge, leaving the ship, and he looks down on the disintegrating saucer section. And what I find interesting here is it suggests that there are these small one-person escape pods accessible right from the bridge. Like the, the captain can stay with the ship until the last moment, and then the captain can just step into this escape pod and leave. But I don't think it's made specifically for the captain. It's not like a Captain Jot or something like that, because we see uh, Scotty coming out of the same type of thing in the trailer. So these seem to just be the escape pods. But the idea that it's right there on the bridge is interesting. It makes sense, but it's interesting because so often in Star Trek, we see people having to run to the escape pods and, you know, it creates drama. But this makes a little more sense in terms of a real world design. Also, on the planet, the two aliens that the stripey girl is fighting are two different races. This is also difficult to see in the trailer because it's so quick, but again, if you freeze it, or if you can step through the frames, you can tell that they are two completely different races. One of them is the alien head that the cast brought out when they were coming onto the bridge in the walk-on role contest video that they did earlier this year. If you remember, they were walking on and they were just carrying that bust, or that mask, like, eh, no big deal. We're just bringing this out. And of course, we wondered if maybe that was going to be the big villain or what it, what was it going to be? Or is it just a, a new alien they were going to throw in? Seems it's just a new alien that they were going to throw in. And I've seen speculation that this and also maybe the other one as well are something like a Talaxian or a Jem'Hadar or a Reman. I've especially heard a lot of people talk about it being a Jem'Hadar going all the way back to that original video where we saw it for the first time. But looking at them, I don't think either of these aliens are Abramsverse versions of anything that we know. They look like just generic baddies. You know, you're going to make some aliens who are going to be attacking our heroes, and so you give them that kind of dark, brownish, grayish, ash-colored skin and rough textures and little horns or spikes pointed ears, things like that. It looks like that kind of just bad guy design. But who knows? You know, we might find out that they are Abrams versus Jem'Hadar. I don't think so, though. Moving on through the trailer, the city that we see is also interesting. At least now we know what they were shooting in Dubai. I assume it's an alien city on the planet where they've crashed, but there are many people running who appear to be wearing Starfleet Academy cadet uniforms. And there's also a fairly slow-moving shuttle-like ship flying over the city at first, kind of down in the lower right corner. And then we see the swarm ships come in, and we see a closer shot 
tighter shot of the people running. And I will say it still reminds me a bit of the den of a colony from Operation Annihilate. But, sorry, I have to say it that way every time. But with the ease at which you can travel around the galaxy in the Abrams verse, this could be a scene from late in the film in which the swarm has come to attack Earth. You know, I mean, for all we know, maybe it's a future Dubai and Starfleet has, you know, schools all around Earth, which which would make sense, right? It never really quite made sense that you would have to go to San Francisco. But I don't know. I mean, I lean towards it being an alien city. But what are all these people that look like they're cadets? That part's kind of odd. I will also say that I hope it's not Earth, because if we have a third film with someone trying to attack Earth, yeah, come on, let's let's get more creative here. But this leads me to the line from the alien, who it seems is likely Idris Elba, but I don't know for sure. This is the big guy. And he tells Kirk, Captain, this is where the frontier pushes back. So maybe they're pushing back at Earth. Maybe that is a scene of them going and attacking Earth. But the line from this alien, who we also see fighting stripy girl, so I suspect that he is the big bad guy. This line coupled with Butella's line, I know why you're here, I know why we're all here, is really intriguing to me. Kirk says early on that they have no ship and no crew, but then we see scores of Starfleet officers. And we see Keenzer in that lineup, so I think that this is the crew of the Enterprise. The assumption would probably be that these are all the people who survived. They launched all the escape pods and all of these people survived, and that would make sense. But they could also be the crew of the Franklin. Could be a mixed crew. But again, we don't know about the Franklin. You know, the design of that ship... When we see those scenes with Scotty in there and Uhura and Sulu and Chekhov and all, and they're on that other ship, which I'm sure is the Franklin, I think you can you can tell that it's a Starfleet design. And there are even things like the word danger written in English. And some of the screens, for me anyway, it's kind of hard to read some of the display screens, but they look like they have English or Federation standard on them. So I don't think those are alien settings. Uh, it could be that we've got crews from two different Starfleet ships here now being gathered. You know, I don't know. I'm curious to know what she knows. I'm curious about what she means when she says, I know why we're all here. And this gives me another thought about the overall plot. I wonder if this is some sort of trap where an alien race is pulling in other alien races and subjugating them on this planet or gathering them on this planet? Or are they just gathering Federation races and starship crews because he says that this is where the frontier pushes back? I also wonder if it's some sort of purgatory or could it even be hell? I think there may be something really interesting here in the storyline. We just aren't being shown the bigger picture in the trailer. It's the line... This is where the frontier pushes back. Justin Lin has come out and said that this story takes place two and a half years into the five-year mission. And if you think about them exploring and they're, they're pushing out 
It's the final frontier. Let's keep in mind, it's a different timeline, but this is still the 23rd century, and we still don't know as much about the galaxy as we do in TNG DS9 Voyager and what comes later on. And so, like, have they pushed too far? Have they gone to a place that's beyond normal space, beyond our normal galaxy? What does beyond mean here? This is now a case where I'm thinking that this title, which I thought was a horrible title when I heard it, and I still think it's kind of an odd title, but maybe there's something to it. Maybe it really is an apt description of what this movie is about. It could be very, very interesting to see here. We've heard that Elba's villain will challenge the ideals of the Federation, and that fits well with the line This is where the frontier pushes back. And it also makes me think that this can't just be a nameless threat that has overwhelmed the Enterprise, which is kind of what the swarm ships suggest with the way the scenes are cut in the trailer. It just seems like the Enterprise was going somewhere and just this overwhelming force, this swarm, just overtook the ship and then they crashed on this planet and they need to find a way to get off the planet. I don't think it's that simple. I just really don't. And so that leads me to say that I think we should actually just go ahead and jettison the term trailer here. I think we should really call this a teaser. It just feels hastily put together to get into theaters in time for Star Wars. And I suspect that next time we get one of these, it will give us a much better idea of what to expect, which I feel certain is not relentless action. So this feels to me like a teaser hey, there's some new Star Trek coming. More so than a trailer that's really meant to get you hooked in on the story or the plot. Okay, I have a few final thoughts here. As I hit about half an hour, my goodness, I can't believe how long I've been talking about this. This is a long hyper channel. But a few final thoughts here. As I mentioned a moment ago, Justin Lin has come out and said that this story takes place two and a half years into the five-year mission. So we should get some more seasoned characters and a story that feels a bit more TOS. I I think, based on things I've read and things I've heard over the past year, I, I think that Simon Pegg wants to write, wanted to write a TOS story, a story that was more true to Star Trek. But of course, as I also mentioned earlier, Orsi got canned because the studio thought that the story was too Star Trek-y. So, I think, I hope, that what we're going to see is a really nice balancing act between giving us things that really feel more like TOS to those of us who grew up with the show and who love the original series, and things that satisfy the studio's desire for a movie that's accessible to the general audience, that's more of a summertime blockbuster. And I think we can see a few little things in here to suggest that might be the case. I know people don't see this in the trailer, but I do see a few things. There are little moments, like Bones saying, well, that's just typical. These things feel a bit more Final Frontier than what we've gotten up to now. I mean, Bones has had some great lines, especially in the 2009 movie. But then you look at things like Pine has vintage Kirk hair. 
you know, they're, they're halfway through the five-year mission in this movie. And I think Pine looks more like Kirk, original series Kirk, here than he has in the other movies. So we'll see. I, I think this is written by someone who cares about TOS, loves it, wants to give us something good. But let's just remember, this is hard. You know, the studio wants something else. The studio wants to make big money off the Star Trek franchise with the general audience. It has to be the general audience, right? There just aren't enough of us diehard Trekkies out there to, to give them the numbers that they're looking for. So let's see where it goes before we panic. Let's just see where it goes. I just get the feeling that this is a lot better than these 90 seconds indicate. So I encourage everyone to take a deep breath and let's just see what the next trailer brings us and what the news brings us as more things come out. And hopefully they're going to be a bit more open about this film, not try to be so secretive. You know, they they really need to win over the audience again, the Star Trek fan base. They need to be honest and open with us and hopefully they will be and and hopefully if what i suspect is true then we're going to see something that's better than the last movie anyway I, 2009 was kind of fun last movie was yeah derailed a little bit and i'm actually going to talk about that in a couple of days on another hyper channel all right oh one more thing i noticed that kirk gets to go pew 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 Again, with his two-handed grip on his little phaser. All right. Well, those are my thoughts on the trailer. That's my initial breakdown. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I do ask everyone to please be open-minded. If you if you just want to tell me, this trailer is terrible. This movie's going to suck. There's no way they're going to get my money. Then, you know, go post it somewhere else on Facebook or wherever. I want to have an actual discussion with people, and I want everyone to be open-minded. That's what we try to do here on the network. It's why I created the network. It's why our shows are the way that they are. I think that, you know, the foundation of Star Trek is idic, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. And it means that we need to realize that everyone has their own views. Everyone has their own opinions. Something's great to someone. It's terrible to somebody else. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean that someone else doesn't love it, and vice versa. So let's let's embrace that. We're Star Trek fans. Let's embrace Idik. And then let's talk about this trailer. So where can you share your thoughts? Well, there are so many places to get in touch with Trek FM, but the best place really to have a discussion like this, I mentioned earlier, 140 characters on Twitter is really not enough. So the best place is on Facebook, in the Babel Conference. That's our closed listeners group. The way you find it is to type B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook, and it'll come right up. Or you can click discussion on our website, and that'll take you over there as well. But it's a closed group, so if you're not a member yet, you'll need to click join, and we'll let you right on in. And there are about 900 people in there right now, just waiting to talk Star Trek with you, and I'm one of those people. Also, if you do want to find the network on Twitter, our username is TrekFM. And if you want to find me personally, my username on Twitter is C Brian Jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. That's also my name on Facebook and pretty much everywhere. And of course, as I mentioned, I'm there in the Babel Conference, and that's really 
the best forum. You can send me email if you like. If you go to the website at trek.afilm slash contact, use the form there, choose to send to a show, and choose Hyperchannel, and that'll come over to me by email. You can even send me voicemail if you go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm. That's the word speak, S-P-E-A-K, speakpipe.com slash trekfm. Also, please keep in mind that Hyperchannel is just one of many, many shows we have here on the network. So go wherever you get your podcasts and just search for trek.fm and you're going to find all of our shows. We have a master feed, which is a great way to sample everything in one feed. We have about 20 shows on the network right now covering every aspect of Star Trek. So go check it out. Trek.fm or Trek.fm master feed. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you're going to find it. Whether you're on iOS Android, Windows Phone, BlackBerry, whatever. We've got you covered. So go check out all the other shows with all the other hosts here on the network. One more quick thing, we are a listener-supported network. So if you love our shows, we publish two or three new shows every day of the week, seven days a week. If you love our shows, please consider helping us keep the network going by going to patreon.com slash trekafilm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekafilm. Everything that you need to know is there, and any support you can give us is much appreciated. We have great perks for you as well, and you can find out about those there at patreon.com slash trekfm. Also, we've got our store. That's another way to help us out. Trek.fm slash store will show you some of the artwork, and then you can click through to Redbubble, or go to trekfm.link slash store, or go to Redbubble and search trekfm. And you'll find everything we have there. We have beautiful artwork by our art director, Aaron Harvey. Great Star Trek stuff. If you're a Trek fan, great holiday gift items there. Please check it out. You know, we get a little bit from those purchases. And that does help us cover the costs of operating the network. So it's another great way to help us out. Plus, Aaron's work is just really, really fantastic. All right. Well, that's everything I have for you today, everyone. Thanks for sticking around for this very long hyper channel, but I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll come over and talk about the trailer with all the other listeners and the hosts here at Trek FM. I'll be back next time with another story for you. And until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>